Glamping? You never heard of glamping? No. What is that? <laughs> it's camping with the pinky up. Oh, gosh. I guess you're back. Are you going to tell me where you went? All the messages I sent with no reply. It's like that. You're just going to walk into my room. I hate how you assume. I'll take the pleasure and the pain. The sorrows in your brain. get going here guys i want to give a quick shout out maybe we could start doing this every episode cynic giving people shout outs and and uh helping each other man helping each other promote our businesses what we're into our interest and um you know us creating this platform we have the opportunity to do that so all the better want to give a shout out this episode to little crystal underscore gets fit again that's little crystal underscore gets fit she is an herbalife distributor guys so if you're looking to make a change if you're looking to lead a healthier lifestyle get in contact with her that's her instagram tag you can send her a dm or make a comment on one of her posts and she'll get back to you i'm sure that she can go in and set you up uh, let you know what you'll be uh, needing to to move forward i'm sure that there'll be some type of interview that will be had as far as what your personal goals are but i know that she can help you reach them i know that i have uh, used herbalife in the past I know that I can vouch for Herbalife. I know we've heard a lot of crazy shit about it, man. I know that, you know, a lot of people have their feelings about it. But again, I I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was a, dis- a distributor myself for some time, and I was able to see the benefits of the products that they sell. So again, guys, if you're looking to make a healthier change, if you're looking to lose some weight, if you're looking to gain healthy muscle, I mean, maybe weight loss isn't always the, uh, the goal, right? I mean, sometimes we want to gain weight, but we don't want to gain it the wrong way. Herbalife is a great option. Little Crystal underscore gets fit is a distributor that you can get in contact with and she'll get you set up with everything you need. We don't fight, but I know what you've been Joined by Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. AKA that boy Frank. AKA Skywalk. I'm going to bring it all in, man. You guys are going to really know That's who <laughs> I am. That's the man right there. <laughs> What's the haps on them craps? Hey, man. We out here hanging and banging, baby. What's good? <laughs> you ever had random shit just pop in your head? Yeah, like, all the time. <laughs> that just popped in my head today for some reason. What? What's the haps on them craps? So maybe when you were sleeping, subconsciously... Mm. You triggered that. Yeah, I had a past life memory of when I used to be on the block, apparently, <laughs> throwing bones or something. I don't know. 
on the block. <laughs> I like that. What are we talking about today, Cynic? We are talking about the missing. Dun -dun. So we're generally talking about people that go missing. And uh, we're going to dive into a couple different aspects of it, right? So we have people who go missing for various reasons, including human trafficking. That's going to be, a, I think, a big one for us today. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I like the kind, of, the kind of weird, unexplained, creepy, whatever stories. So we'll have some of those as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into that. But before we do, we got to do our due diligence and start with the uh the usual i know i know once before we took out the fun out of the fun fact which was a george floyd episode i think this is another occasion right. that we're gonna have to take the fun out of the fun fact oh just gonna call okay. it a fact today and this is why Damn. human trafficking earns global profits of roughly 150 billion dollars a year for traffickers 99 billion of which comes from commercial sexual exploitation. Globally, an estimated 71% of enslaved people are women and girls. White men and boys account for 29%. Okay, that's a pretty sad fact to start off with. $150 billion a year. That's crazy, man. Like, I mean, I wonder where they get those numbers from, but regardless, if it's like even that's why they say roughly, of that, you know, but damn. But here's my thing. A lot of the times they don't have their finger on everything going on. So my thing is that if you're thinking it's 150, I'm thinking it's 300 billion. You know wow. what I mean? Because they, again, it's a rough estimate from the information that they have, but they never have because if they had all the information, they would stop it. You know, I always feel like they're one step behind and they're always trying to you that's know, true. That's kind true. of stay ahead of the curve. So. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm a, I'm just afraid that that number is actually a lot higher. But the fact that they they would even feel comfortable enough to report that, uh, that's still a staggering number. And it's, uh, again, billions a year. Not not like from, you know, 1920s to now. No, a year. <laughs> so, a year. Uh, a year. <laughs> yes. That's pretty terrifying. That's it's worldwide, I assume. Worldwide, yeah, worldwide. Wow. It's creepy, man. And I, I know that we kind of teased this earlier in our previous episodes and... We said that we we're looking forward to it, but this is one of those things, Cynic, when I started really diving into it, man, I was, it kind of made me sick to my stomach, man. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's not talked about a lot uh, enough for one. So mm -hmm. I'm glad that we're going to bring it, you know, to the stage and, and bring some exposure to it. And um, it's something that we really need to be conscious of, man, because it's one of those things where you're like, oh, it never happens to me until it happens to you. And then you're, you know, left picking up the pieces. So hopefully... Um, at, by the end of the episode, we could have shared enough stories, given enough information where people would just be a little more aware and just be more, you know, yeah, vigilant and, and careful. You know, when I was looking into this, I was thinking about trying to get my head around like, what kind of situations could be called or classified as, you know, someone going missing. And mm. I know there's like a legal definition for it in the U.S., mm. um, I assume there's similar specific definitions um, for it in different countries, but I was just thinking about it on my own. And I was thinking, you know, you have cases where people are, people run away. Mm -hmm. um, you have cases where people are obviously, unfortunately, murdered. Mm -hmm. um, you have accidents that happen, right? Um, mm -hmm. Accidents that happen and the person is probably alone or something like that. So as far as the loved ones or friends are concerned, they've gone missing, but they've actually 
you know, passed away because of some outdoor incident. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you have suicides. Did I mention that? Suicides? No. Kind no. of similar situation. Um, you have kidnappings. And then I found that kidnappings kind of have different um, categories in them, right? You have people who are kidnapped for ransom. You have people who are kidnapped, as you mentioned, I think, I think that fact at the beginning was relevant to this, uh, for trafficking. So they're trafficked. And then that has like different subsets as well, because I thought at the beginning of this, that most human trafficking was for basically, you know, prostitution in some form or another, you know, sexual slavery or something. But you actually have forced labor that still happens today. So yep. that was interesting. And I'm going to talk about one of those stories in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you have people who are also they're taken away for like arranged marriages. That's also a thing. Really? And their families also never know where they end up. And they're just taken, you know, from their family and they're given to some other, whether it's a family or a tribe or a group or, or who knows what. Maybe even taken from one country to another just to be um, some douchebag's bride. That kind of crazy stuff still happens. And I'm sure with like Stockholm Syndrome and stuff like that, like initially when somebody gets taken, they they miss home and they want to, they want their old life back. But if you do it when they're young enough, which a lot of these, these people that are abducted are with typically within a certain age range, depending on what it is for. But for something like that, I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're, they're taking more kids in some weird twisted way. I think the mind says, hey, this is my new life and I have to mm. accept this, you know? And yeah. it goes from fighting and wanting to come back home to just kind of accepting it, which is uh, so scary, so scary. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the number of people that this happens to and that just goes under the radar, um, that's that's another scary, scary thing to think about and how many, you know, the number. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's really nuts. There was one other one that I came across that I also found interesting. Have you heard the term forced disappearance? No, I have not. So forced disappearance, I had not heard of either. I came across it while doing the, re while doing the research for this. And it's defined as when a person is secretly abducted or imprisoned by a state or political organization or by a third party with the authorization, support, or acquiescence of a state or political organization followed by a refusal to acknowledge the person's fate and whereabouts with the intent of placing the victim outside the protection of law. Long story short, this is, for example, what the U.S. was doing with the people they were putting in Guantanamo Bay. So they will snatch you up from wherever, you're, wherever you are, put you in some hole, and well, do whatever they're going to do to you. This is state-sanctioned, right? And no one knows where you are because you're literally just snatched scooped up you know either right from your home or from the street or whatever so no one knows where you where you are where you you know not, nothing who took you or anything and when the government or state or whatever is actually asked they deny it they deny even knowing anything about it or having you so that was a really interesting one that i didn't even consider because i think <laughs> in those situations we think well those are quote bad guys you know, and I think we don't think they they matter too much. And maybe some of them don't, but that's not the argument. The point is that 
there are also people, there, there are plenty of stories you find in the news of people who got scooped up the same way who were completely innocent, misidentified. How about, um, we spoke about that pandemic video. I forget the doctor's name, but I'm sure that uh, she, she needs to be careful about that because it seems like that's <laughs> something the government want to do real quick for her. Yeah, right. Yeah. Scoop her up and throw away the key and, you know, forget about her. True. She could be a candidate for that. <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, that was interesting. That's crazy, man. I, I did some research here, a little research um, about numbers here in the States. And it shows here that Alaska is the state that actually has highest reports for missing persons, which I mm. found weird because for me, that sounds like, you know, obviously we understand the terrain in, in Alaska. It's very hard to live there. And a lot of the people that live there are people that you know, our locals, you know, their families lived there and generations before them have lived there. And I mean, I'm sure you have your cases where people would want to move there. But in most most cases, you have generations that have, you know, lived out there and, and, and found a way to, to thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, when I heard that, I didn't really think so much about somebody getting kidnapped and being put in a trunk. I thought, well, that sounds to me like, you know, there's more accidents happening out there because mm-hmm. the terrain is so tough, because it's so cold, because it's so hard to get help. Because help takes so long to get there that people just kind of disappear. But um, I thought that was really interesting because I didn't think Alaska would be the the top number. It's estimated that 630,000 people are reported missing each year in the U.S. And 90,000 a year are never found. That's almost about 1 million people in the last decade. So that's that number right there specifically for the United States, not worldwide. Um, And that is a 2020 actual stats so that is pretty current 2020 okay cool so for me man i just think about we all have our lives we've all built our lives some of us are building them but just imagine having goals and aspirations and things that you want to do and all of a sudden you get plucked you get taken away and that all that gets taken away from you and now you know your life becomes this totally different thing where i mean no no matter how you slice it no matter where you fall it's it's really horrible i think personally the sexual part of it is the worst, you know, but none, not one of those is better than the other. Whether you be forced to marry, whether you be forced into child, uh, labor, um, whether it be child labor or adult labor, um, whether you be forced to do the unthinkable and become a sex slave. Uh, it's it's just it's it's terrifying, man. It really is. It's it's really scary to think that things can change that quick for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. I, I found the whole thing pretty confusing in terms of trying to understand the the breakdown of um, kids that go missing versus adults that go missing versus the ones that are found or not found. So, like, keeping in mind the stat that you just mentioned, um, when I was trying to figure this mess out, I actually came across a lot of stats referring to children going missing. As opposed mm-hmm. to just generally, you know, all people. And the stat that I came across showed that, and regardless of the number, it was a huge number. The, the interesting thing was that according to them, they said that 99% of the kids that go missing in the U.S. are found. What was that percentage again? 99. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's, I don't, that's, We're I know We're throwing the bullshit true. flag on that one. That's I know that's not true, dude. I don't know if it's the government trying to downplay shit. I don't know if there's a bigger, you know, I don't know if we wanted to get too crazy and say the Illuminati's involved. So 
They want to make it seem like you have nothing to worry about. So keep being, you know, keep letting your kid walk, you know, 10 feet in front of you in an amusement park. Keep letting them wander the forest alone. It's going to be okay because your kid gets back to you. But I know with 1,000% certainty, Cynic, that 99% of children that are abducted are not returned back. I've watched enough Criminal Minds to know that's not true. <laughs> Come on, bro. Get the fuck out of here, dude. That's bullshit. Interesting number, but I got to call bullshit on that, man. 99%? 99%. On, Come on. I mean, there's five, six cases that come to mind, to, mind, to mind already of kids that still haven't been found. You know what I mean? Like, and I know obviously when we're dealing with a huge number, that 1%, it still could be hundreds of thousands, but I, there's no way. There's no way. 99.9% .9 of kids are returned. Get the fuck out of here. Go fly a kite. That's <laughs> bullshit, man. I found that on an actual, uh, an article uh, from ABC News online. Uh, granted, the article is quite old. <laughs> well, I mean, quite old meaning it's from two th uh, 2007. So it's not like from 1950. Bro, we can't, come on, bro. You can't be giving stats from 07. Fuck out of here, You think bro. that the numbers from 2007, uh, like, would have changed well, dramatically between then and now? It doesn't. You know what? You're right, because that number is bullshit, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even think in 2007 we were returning 99% of kids. So regardless if it was 07, 2017, or 2027, and we're talking in the future, you know, that number is fucking fugazi. That's all I got to say about that. Man. Yeah, it's it's hard. No it's way, hard to man. believe. And sure. you would think about it. The reason that children are targeted more is because, as I said earlier in the podcast, it's harder to brainwash an adult. If you take a child, you can say this is going to be a new life, and they're gonna they're gonna have a higher chance of adapting to that new life than an adult that's already you know experienced a lot more of life. That adult's gonna be a lot more combative to you know working however you want him to work, him or her to work, or marrying whoever you want him or her to marry. So they take children because it's soft clay, it's moldable. Hopefully, we can you know brainwash them, and they'll fall right into where we want them to fall into. The idea that People are still being sold. You know, I, I we all knew that was happening with slavery. And it was out in the open. You know, slave you know, slave trades and selling slaves and like like they weren't actual human beings, right? Mm -hmm. But then you have this black market and you have this underworld of shit that, that is still happening nowadays and it, it has nothing to do with race, but it's still happening. I mean that's that's still a person. I can't say that just because slaves aren't being sold anymore and that's debatable right but slaves aren't being sold anymore that you know a caucasian or hispanic you know if, to me that that still resonates with me the same it, your race has nothing to do with that but man it's it's crazy even my mood for this episode like we're not joking a lot you know because a lot of this shit is hard to talk about and man again i just i want to make sure that we can get the information out there so people understand that this is a huge problem that's not being spoken about enough yeah i i heard a i heard um, at some point, I don't know, in the last couple of years, I probably came across some news article or something talking about modern day slavery. So it's, it's definitely still a thing in certain places. Um, the problem is, like you said, we we don't really hear about it because it's not happening like, you know, in at least not in the way that we we, you know, think about when we hear, you know, slavery it's not happening in like freaking, you know, downtown Miami or, uh, you know, in Boston or something like that. It's usually happening in these kind of third world countries. You'll actually be surprised, Cynic. We got some information later on coming on to that. But I, I get I get what you're saying. I don't yeah, I know that probably 
people who fit the category of slavery in every state. But I'm talking about people like being sold at like an auction. That kind of shit. That kind of stuff happens still. Like, yeah, like that movie fucking Taken, which we all love. I mean, everybody loves Taken. If you don't love Taken, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, check check what's going on upstairs. But that's, you know, it's that movie was crazy because, for one, it brought a lot of attention to, to what's going on. But people didn't see the real problem there. People didn't see that, like, yo, this shit really does happen. They were just excited that Liam Nielsen was fucking saying, I have a particular set of skills and I would use it. You know, like, that's all they cared about. Like, oh, man, he kicked ass. Like, yo, let's talk about this shit actually happening. <laughs> Nobody's talking about that. And You're the like, fact yeah, yeah, that slave, Hollywood... Slave, slave, slave. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. Kick whatever. Kick <laughs> kick, yeah, kick ass, bro. Could beat everybody up. And the fact that Hollywood, you know, released that shit, I mean, I just think that should have kicked up a lot more questions and i don't feel like it kicked up enough in my opinion man it's funny that we talk about new age slavery because my friends in corporate america would always say that we're <laughs> sitting in that cubicle it's modern day slavery uh, but then you do research about this stuff and you're like yeah i was being an ignorant asshole because it's nothing like <laughs> you know um nothing like modern day slavery there there that, that that shit's actually happening out there the fact that i'm in, in a building staring at a screen with ac half the time being fed lunch is nothing like what these people go through so it was sobering to say the least yeah i sometimes think about that actually uh, you know we all felt that way it was a joke like yo this is fucking slavery we're plugged in the matrix you know we're just an id number to these guys we would always say it man and then you start looking looking into it and you're like fuck i'm a dick because there's really people going through this shit yeah it's crazy i mean you can we, we kind of are slaves we're just we're just slaves of a higher class we are, yeah. You know, thank you for making me because it does feel <laughs> not not that I know what it's be to say it feels like, thankfully, but it does feel to a certain extent like we're just getting the short end of the stick <laughs> on this whole uh, <laughs> employee employer thing. But yeah, I guess we're just higher class slaves. You're right. Yeah, I saw I saw somewhere some time ago this analogy, or no, it was a description that someone was making in a talk. You know, and he was he was saying that in the day of in the days of slavery, as we know them. So let's just think back to, you know, the cotton pickers in, in the South. Right. You know, back then, the the slaves had to pick cotton. You know, they had to do all the manual labor. They didn't have any freedom. Um, and the slave masters had to provide them with a roof over their heads, you know, food. They had to provide them with everything to make sure that they would survive to be actually able to do the work, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, it's like we still have to work, but we have to now provide for ourselves. <laughs> it's like I'm not <laughs> trying to compare it, it because it's not a, 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 an accurate comparison, but um, it's kind of like we just, as you said it, I think that's why I thought about it. We kind of have the short end of the stick here, in a sense, you know, I think it's still going to rub people the wrong way because some people can't think past, you know, how bad it really was or is for slaves. But, you know, that's not my problem. It's funny that you say that, that they would feed them and give them shelter because I used to work for a major corporation that I have a lot of <laughs> colleagues and a lot of good friends that they it still works for them. Um, so I won't, I won't, you know, say too much about the specifics, but uh, we had this peak season, which would be uh, January to March. It would be our peak season. And um, every night, 
they would go ahead and cater food for us. The reason they did that is they didn't cater lunch for us because that was in our regular schedule. But they were catered dinner for us because they knew that technically we were supposed to punch out at 8 o'clock, you know, Monday mm-hmm. to Thursday, 6 o'clock on Friday. So they say, hey, guys, you know what? We really want to push. We're catering food for you guys. There's no excuse for you to go home to stay here and keep working. <laughs> exactly. That was why they did it. Yeah. And I had Chinese food and fucking pizza coming out of my ears. So eventually I just stopped. I just stopped eating it because half the time I would get sick. It was just greasy. It was greasy. I mean, sometimes they had good stuff, but other times you could tell they just, oh, shit, we forgot about the food today. Just order pizza. Um, but it, it reminds me of, of the whole shelter and food thing and, and just building somebody else's dream. Yeah, man. We just traded freaking shoves, shovels and picks for cubicles. But anyway, um, the, I got I got two stories that I want to get to before Talk I forget. Let's do it. The first one is it's related to this sort of forced um uh forced uh what the hell is it called? Like indentured kind of servitude thing. So basically mm-hmm. there's a story that I found about a woman from Sri Lanka who was apparently working for I think they were just private uh British people, just I mean it wasn't some corporation, I think it was just uh, some couple. Um, they hired her and brought her to the UK to work for them, I guess, as like a housekeeper or something. Yeah. Um, and she was forced to clean all three of these people's homes. Uh, she had to look after their children, of which she, of which they had five. Um, the children were allowed to like taunt her, call her names. They called her names like doggy and cow. They had no respect for her at all. She was treated like like dirt, even by the children. Um, she was made to sleep on the floor. Um, the she was forbidden from leaving the house. Um, yeah, she, her life was totally controlled. And to to make it even worse, she if she did want to leave, if she did even try to leave, she. She didn't have a passport because per oh. the law in the UK, at least at the time, um, if you hired someone from out of country and brought them over to work for you like they did, the person who did the hiring, in this case, the couple, were basically hold on to her passport and her visa. They were legally allowed to hold on to it. So she was effectively a prisoner there. How is that ever okay? And I know that may not be the case now, but how at any point in time? Well, I mean, I, I can understand if it was if it. When was this? As far as the timestamp goes, do we know or? Um, I can find out. I can find out. Yeah, I just it it, it just it bothers me, man, because I just don't know. Like, come on, the government knew what they were doing with that. There's only one reason why you're not going to give somebody the flexibility to leave when they want. There's only one reason for that. Yeah. And that shit is fucked up, man. You know, and you can go ahead and finish your thought there. I didn't mean to say, but it's just, I, I hear that and I'm baffled. Like, how was that ever okay, man? Yeah, no, it isn't. And it seems to be, I mean, to be a little more specific, the the law at the time, what it did was it tied the visa of the person, in this case, the Sri Lankan woman, it tied the visa to this UK couple. So, mm-hmm. and... I think they, the couple, took it upon themselves to just hold on to her passport. So it wasn't that the law allowed them to hold on to her passport, but the law did tie her stay there to the to her visa to them. So she couldn't basically leave and find work anywhere else. And because they, they decided to keep her passport, um, she actually couldn't leave 
even if she wanted to. That was the situation. And, and because their visa was a her visa was attached to them, even if she did go and get another employment, I guess their reasoning was, well, we don't want you getting into anything and it falling back on us. So we're just going to hold on to this for you. That's what they fed her. I'm Probably it's what they fed her. But in yeah. any case, um, she was basically a slave there. And I, her family in Sri Lanka, which she was trying to support, um, well, she couldn't because they wouldn't pay her. So she couldn't even do that. So I came across that story because even though this was not specifically a case of someone who went, quote, missing, there are stories of people who, you know, they come from third world countries or they, you know, they leave their country with intent of going to find work and the intent of being able to make better money to send back home. And a lot of people like her just end up literally going missing. They just like fall off the face of the earth. Because these are people who come from countries where, quote, no one really cares. They have a status that gives them, <laughs> you know, they don't have the same um, rights and the same opportunities and benefits that, a, you know, like a regular citizen of the UK has. So they're, they're just completely in a crap situation. And they're completely at the mercy of the people who hire them, you know. So it's a really shit like thing that I found that I'm like another thing I didn't really expect would still be happening in you know freaking 21st century, but it is and it's happening in in quote first world countries. Yeah, this is an example of the UK, but um, I'm sure it happens in every country, Germany included. And I think it's it's more of a thing that a lot of people aren't affected by it firsthand. Mm-hmm. So they don't pay attention to it and they don't they don't care. But that's why we need we need more exposure. We need to bring this more to the forefront. We need to talk about this more. We need to we need to do it, man, because it's it just sucks. It sucks for anybody to go through that. It sucks for anybody to be forced into that. It sucks for anybody to be abducted from abducted from their regular lives. I mean, I, I'm sure in some instances people run away, you know, because maybe life at home is fucked up, right? Um, so you. you it's, it's not always a case where the, the life is perfect and somebody's plucked out of it. I mean, I'm sure sometimes, you know, they have abusive parents that, that aren't doing their part and they just want to get away from that, you know. Um, but no matter what the reason is, it's it's just very sad, man, to know that this is still happening. You know, there's riots going on right now and what riots are happening, you know, worldwide. But we all know what happened with George Floyd. And a lot of people think that we're rioting because of George Floyd. And they're like, oh, this guy's a criminal. Look at his rap sheet. Oh, he was a drug abuser. You know, yeah, he might have done those things. He might have been that. But nobody has the right to play God. No matter what that individual was, that police officer did not have the right to take his life, no matter who he was. And um, I find myself always clarifying, you know, I'm not condoning the way he lived, but I can tell you that he didn't deserve to die. And people aren't rioting because he was a fucking model citizen. People are rioting because of 400 years of oppression. That's why people are going out there. You know what I mean? Because it shit's been happening for so long. Um, and very similar to this, man, you know, this shit has been happening for a very long time. I don't know if ever it's, gonna, it's ever going to get to somebody riding in the streets, but it's just as sad, man, when you think about it. Yeah, I wonder if there's ever really, um, like, if it's really it makes sense to ever have an expectation that this, like, would, ne- would, would ever not happen. Because there's so many people on this planet. And... 
Yeah, man. The fact is that we're just not, you know, always. I mean, there are some people who are just they're literally on their own. Um, you have homeless people also like just go missing, and these are people who are on their own, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have contact with their family or anything like that in most cases. Yeah. But even if you, you know, have a family, I came across a lot of stories where people were like, you know, just a normal family and someone leaves, they walk, they just walk out the house to do whatever and they just never show up. And so my point is that you can never be with people all the time. And so how can you ever really stop it? Some cases, there are people who really just leave. In some mm-hmm. cases, they're abducted. In some cases, there are accidents. Um I'm not sure there's anything we can really do about it. It's just scary to know how many there are. I think for one, as if you're a parent, you have to you have to understand the world that we live in and have to understand that this can very well happen to you. So as a protector of your family, make sure that, you know, if you're in public places, if you're with your family, you're always watching out for your family. And it sucks to live that way. But I mean, I'd rather live that way than wake up with the regret of not having my son or daughter with me the next morning. And then I think it's educating the children as well making sure that you give them the right information so they know what to be aware of um, and stuff like that. You know, that that brings me to um, a documentary I watched yesterday, Cynic. It was called Missing 411. Yeah. And um, it's basically about these stories of kids that just end up missing, you know, while while they're out camping. So it's not like this is not happening like in the city areas, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Um, this is happening on the forest. Uh, and there's a lot of cases, man, of kids just disappearing out on camping trips. At first, before I see the documentary, I kind of put, I, I make my own assumptions to why these kids are missing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, either the parents are in on it or somebody's, you know, kind of waiting in the wings. But a lot of these places are super secluded, man. Like, you know, there's not a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it comes into, well, is an animal taking them? You know, and, and this is why I say that we have to, like, as parents, we have to be aware of what's going on. Because there was one situation with one little boy. Um, they came back from a walk. I think it was a mom, the dad, and the little boy. Um, they met up at camp with the other people they went with. They caught some fish, so they wanted to take them to the spot where they caught the fish. Was The creek was maybe 150 feet away from where they were. Um, so the kid starts walking with them, but halfway halfway in that walk decides to turn around and go back with grandpa which is where they originally came from oh i heard about that story yeah yeah so the kids say yeah the parents are like okay go ahead go back with grandpa they keep going down something as small as that like if you don't have your kid in your sights at all the time if you're not watching your kid physically go back to his grandfather then you can't just obliviously walk away i know that you don't think that anything would ever happen but for in that case something did happen the grandfather said he saw the kid and one minute he was there, the next minute he wasn't, hmm. you know, but I'm like, well, did you fall asleep, old man? And did you not like, you know, did you fall asleep on the chair and, and, and you don't want to admit that? How could he be there one minute and one and one minute not? And then there's there's these um, theories of what happened. And one of them is that a mountain lion grabbed him, you know, and, and took him. Mm. But if a mountain lion grabs a kid, there's going to be a mountain lion doesn't have hands. He has to grab him with his mouth. When that happens, he's going to puncture skin. When he punctures skin, the kid's going to bleed. When he bleeds, there's going to be evidence of blood trails right mm-hmm. um fast forward they, they go out there they have a huge search party they search for nine days they call off the search nothing happens two years later they find the kids shoes and clothes two thousand feet from that campsite 
up on a review. Two years later. Two years later. And they're telling me, they, they said it in the documentary that where they found the clothes, they checked that spot. Mm-hmm. So when they, when they initially, when the kid initially went missing, obviously, you know, they have, have think about 128 different groups of people out there looking. Groups of people, not 128 people. But groups that can be two, three, four, mm. right? Hundred twenty-eight groups of people searching. Two years later, hikers run into these clothes. People say that if a mountain lion is going to take you, then it's going to go for your stomach. Just like a lot of times, um, instinctively they go for the neck because they know, you know, they understand the windpipe is there and they can suffocate you. Mountain lions would would have destroyed the stomach area. The jacket was intact. Obviously, it had holes in it from wearing tear, but the shoes weren't dirty. The shoes didn't look like it was out there for two years. So now I start thinking, cynic, what the fuck is going on, bro? Yeah, I don't think an animal took that kid. I even start thinking our UFOs, you know, in here, which is another topic we spoke about. But I, I, either the parents are in on it, or there's something else happening here that's above everybody's pay grade because it just doesn't connect. A lot of it, man, is is I guess prevention, right? Knowledge. So that's why I say just know what's going on. You know, do your part as a parent. Don't just assume that this world is not going to, you know, rip something that means something very, very much to you because it will. And try to educate your children as best they can, you know, as best as, best as you can, man, you know. as Yeah. This guy who, who he's behind that, that documentary, his name is David Politis. He has mm-hmm. a couple of, of films out. And I've, I first came across him actually uh, through a podcast. And um, his stories or, you know, the stories that he, he follows or investigates, they're super, super interesting, I find. And he's, he's like, collected so much information. His story is interesting. He used to be a cop. And mm-hmm. um, uh, one, like, on some particular day when he still was a cop, um, he was approached. Actually, he may have already left the force, but the point is he used to be a cop. At some point, he was approached by like, some forestry workers, some you know government workers who worked in like national parks. And they approached him kind of on the side and shared with him their concern about the, the fact that they, what they see as a, a high incidence of people going missing in the national parks but not but it not being reported enough or there's not enough being done to kind of find them and that kind of set him on his journey that he went off and started to look at you know cases and long story short he put together some things like that he he's found from all of his investigations some commonalities you know and one of them is what you said like search parties go out they search an area and sometimes they'll search the area multiple times and then six months a year two years later something of that missing person pops up in an area where it's already been searched that's something that's very doesn't happen all the time i'm not saying it does but it's really common in a lot of these disappearance uh, cases as well as other things like often there's there's you know weird things where people go missing near water and it's a list I didn't memorize it but I found it really interesting especially um, that story with that kid I came across a, a story also where some a couple like a few people that, that went missing in um, I think it was near, near Santa Fe 
Because like I said, this guy, he he researches and he, he finds that there's, amongst other things, like clusters of places where people go missing. And um, there was one story, two stories that were interesting. One of them was from this dude. His name was uh, Melvin Nadell. And I think this happened back in like 2009 or so. And this dude was a hunter. Yeah, and uh, he had made plans to go out with a couple of friends of his for like an overnight hunt um, somewhere in not far from Santa Fe, a place called Elk Mountain. And so he met up with his friends at the place where they were, you know, going to start their their hunting trip. And for some reason, I don't know anything about hunting. Maybe this is quite normal, but two of them went off ahead to sort of scout some area and he went off on his own to build what they call uh, what the hunters call a um, a blind it's like a like a place where he can sit and kind of hide watch hmm? mm-hmm. and yeah, hide, behind. hide behind yeah exactly yeah. and he built you know you built i guess they build it out of like branches and shrubbery or whatever so the plan was that they would split up and then at the like when the sun would start to go down, they would go back and meet at the car, I guess. So the two dudes who went away, who went ahead and scouted or whatever, came back just before dark and they went to the meeting place and this dude wasn't there. Um, so they start like calling out for him. It's now getting dark at this point. They're shooting uh Firing shots off in the air. That's apparently a thing that hunters do to kind of make each other aware in case they're lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No sign of this dude. So they raise the alarm. Some uh, search and rescue people show up, I think, that night already. Um, Long story short, they one of the teams show up with a uh, canine. And the canine tracks right to where the guy's blind was you know the thing that he built Mm -hmm. it goes right to there and right there is his blind is his um i think his backpack was there and i don't remember they found a i think a couple of items of his but that's (laughs) the crazy thing is that that's where the dog stopped it's like this dude was plucked out of thin air because there were no other tracks. At least the dog didn't find yeah, any other track. Yeah, he would have followed the scent if he exactly. went from there That's, to somewhere else. Exactly. That's where his scent seemed to have stopped. Um, I believe the dude had a radio as well. But all his stuff was there. I think even his bow was there. Or I, I might be messing it up. It, it was just really strange circumstances. And wow. to this day... No one has ever found or he's never been found. And that's one of those really weird things that it's like, how does that happen? You know, and he was apparently an experienced hunter. So it wasn't also like. And he was in a blind. His his whole purpose was to to stay there and observe and look out for, you know, any animals that pop up. So. If you think maybe he got up and walked, why would he have walked away? They interviewed his wife afterwards, and she was like, he didn't even like walking. You know, there's no reason he would have walked, you know, just like on a hike or something. 
you know. Did they find his clothes or just his backpacks? No, they only found his backpack and I think a couple of other items. I kind of I could kick myself right now for not confirming what what. Oh, okay, I think I did make a note. So no, they found nothing. They found no clothing. They didn't find his bow. He had a sidearm. They didn't find that either. So my mistake. All they found was his was the blind. So that makes it actually even weirder because if something happened to him, um, where where's all his stuff? You know, where's any of his stuff? You know, his gun is there. You know, if he was like attacked by a wild animal, mm-hmm. some of these things would have been found because an animal, you know, bear or a lion isn't gonna take your freaking nine mil with his for You know what I mean? So something was gonna get left behind. Yeah. Um, Super creepy, dude. Super creepy story with that dude. Do you have... I know sometimes it's hard to connect the dots. Do you have a theory of what happened there? Man, when it's stuff like that where... But the thing is, I I don't. I don't. At first, I was thinking this might be a case where the dude... He may have seemed okay on the outside to everyone, but maybe he just wanted to walk away from his life. But how does he hide his scent? You know? You know, if if that's what he did, how can the dog have the dog tracked yeah. right to the freaking blind? So his scent was out yeah. there. So how is it yeah. that he masked his scent from the blinds to wherever he went? What if what if you or foes are just waiting for us to be secluded like that? <laughs> to take us. But then what's the but hold on, then then we would I don't know if UFOs are the answer, but I don't think they're getting attacked by a bear or a mountain lion. Hmm. Because there's gonna there's gonna be evidence of that attack there may may not be bones left even though i'm sure there, there should be some type of fragments of bone left but if the motherfucker is big enough to swallow you whole but there's gonna be some evidence of, of something happening you know what i mean and i think everybody always chalks it up to if they're missing in the woods then they fell victim to you know the animals and, and creatures that live in the woods but i mean there starts to be proof for that we can't just assume that and that's what's scary yeah. Because even if a, a mountain lion picks him up, the dog is going to, or the hound is going to go ahead and follow, <laughs> you know, from the blind. Now they're going to follow where he was taken. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, um, I have another story, also really weird one, where um, a couple, um, the, the wife's name was Audrey Kaplan. This happened in 2014. Her and her husband went up mm-hmm. to you know, somewhere up in the Santa Fe Hills or mountains or whatever, I think they went to pick mushrooms, of all things. Um, they nice. walked up. I sent you an image of a map. You can have a I'm look at it. looking at it right now. So mm-hmm. they walked, they went up to this area in the wilderness, and there was some point where they apparently got separated. Now, I'll stop there for a second. There mm-hmm. are cases where couples go out and, quote unquote they get separated and it's because well, the spouse ended up you know getting rid of the other spouse <laughs> you know what I mean there are cases like they plan it of that happening huh like they plan to yeah yeah like they go out there they hurt them you know or oh, you know okay, or yeah, worse yeah. Uh, and then they come back and say she's missing whatever oh that's fucked up this yeah, I, get you. I don't know I, I don't think this can be one of those cases I just mentioned it because it's so weird that you go out with your spouse and you split up. I mean, to split up for me would be Never like do that, I see you never 
You know, I'll be here and you're 10 feet away there. For me, that's splitting up. I'm not going to, we're not going to split up, you know, 500 yards each direction. Are you kidding me? Bro, I wouldn't even split up with my spouse in a freaking Walmart, bro. (laughs) You think I'm going to do that shit in the wilderness, dude? Where obviously she could, you know, like, who's going to protect her, man? I'll fucking, I'll fight a mountain lion to the death to protect my wife. But who's going to protect, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. I really don't know how this happens, but it happened. And when he realized or when he was calling out for her he realized she wasn't answering same deal right he reports her missing search and rescue comes out blah 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 there's no sign of her they they've searched and searched and searched and there's no sign of her at some point and this is now it's like your example of six months later i don't know if it's six months or a year but the search has since been called off there's been no sign of her some Hikers, also often the case, are sort of walking near a creek somewhere or some, you know, source of water. And they find a body of a woman, stark naked, in the fetal position, laying in the water, like in like in like the shallow water. This was the dude's wife. In a fetal position? She was in a fetal position. I can send you that image as well. So... And we'll put that on our social media, guys, so you can go in and check it out as well. Yeah. The the strange thing is, I mean, actually, I'll send you two photos because there was uh, the, 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 the hiker first found some items kind of strewn about mm-hmm. and then kept walking, came across this like creek or whatever and freaking stumbled upon a body of... Like I said, a woman who's kind of in a fetal position. Now, the first image I sent you shows you the distance between where Mm -hmm. the wife and husband got separated and where her body was actually found. That distance is already ridiculous. Then, but then the fact that she was butt naked, like, you know, naked was also like, what? Like, how and why? She was placed like that, man. An animal wouldn't leave her like that. So... Unless he like, how long ago? How long ago was the body found after? Yeah, that's that's. I should I should look that up. Actually, I'll look that up. Because maybe I'm thinking maybe he took her clothes off, and had her fend for herself, and she she died trying to warm herself up at night. Because you know the fetal position is one way to try to you know keep keep your your body core temperature up, but. If it's not something like that, that she just passed away because she was cold and hungry, Mm. then it looks like she was placed there, you know? I I don't know how long it took for them to find her, but this is horrific, man. It's really sad. Yeah, I'm going to tell you in a minute. But it's one of those other cases that's freaking makes no sense. There's another theory um, that's, that's out there about people who go missing in the wilderness. Often, they're if they're found... They're either naked, like she was, or if they're not found, what's hap- what, what is found is like their clothes and their shoes. So you can assume that they... I'm telling you, uh, they're being abducted by aliens, bro. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> well, the theory is that these people, that, this, that what happens is when they are suffering from hypothermia, that it's been, I don't know, proven or whatever, that for some reason... And it's counterintuitive because when you're suffering from hypothermia, you're cold, right? 
but for some reason the body you start to feel actually like you have to take your clothes off like you're hot or i don't know overheating or whatever and because that's been known to happen in some of these cases they they don't know but they're attributing these weird circumstances where people are found naked or their clothes are found to possibly that they were hypothermic yeah and i'm sure hypothermia has said in other instances and i've never seen or heard that you take off your clothes i'm sure that can happen i don't have you ever heard of before you you did your research for this episode have you ever heard of somebody being hyperthermic and taking off their clothes um well yeah but only in the same context of the uh the research from this same dude so I had heard about it before, but it was from the same source. Same source. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that he's bullshitting, but I'm just, I've never seen that. Just to say that, you know? I yeah. Mean, but how many times do you and I come across hypothermic people? I mean, that's not something that we are, should know. I watch a lot of fucking crazy shit, bro. You'd be surprised. Naked and afraid. So you're, right up my alley. So you're a hypothermia well, expert. Hypothermia expert, self-proclaimed, all right? Self-described. Like, you know, my boy Les Miles, fucking Bear Grylls. These are all my guys. Why do I watch these shows? Because if I'm ever a freaking lost in the in the forest, I'm going to survive, guys. <laughs> I know how to make a fire by now. You know, I know how to hunt for food. I know what to eat and what not to eat, what's poisonous, what's not poisonous. You got to educate the mind, but I mean, and and that's all obviously being lighthearted. I'm not, I don't claim to be a hypothermic expert, but I just, I've never seen in any case, you know, that somebody is, let's say for example, in naked and afraid when they're out there, there's, you know, there's XXL, there's the regular one, which is 20 days, XXL is 40 days. There's even people that go 60 days out there, which are, it's crazy. I've never seen bro when they're out there under their little hut that's made of plants and it's raining that they feel warm, you know, because hypothermia sets in when your body temperature starts dropping. So I've never in, in any of those cases see, oh, man, you know what? I'm glad it's raining. My body's doing that thing again where it's switching it to heat. <laughs> so I don't know. I That's why I'm just a little, you know, but. You're skeptical. Do you have anything else on missing person, Cynic? Anything else you want to add to that? Um. Yeah, th- there was another story. Um, what you got? Of another dude. This one's even weirder. So this guy's name was Aaron Hedges. Right? Mm-hmm. And he was apparently also a hunter. Who went out also with a couple of friends on a hunting trip. He... I'm never going hunting in my life. <laughs> they went like to a specific um, point in Montana. This... this uh, they went on their hunt in a place called Crazy Mountains. That's like the name of this mountain ridge, literally. And they reached a certain point, and then they, from there they went up into the trail or up the trail with two horses and a mule carrying their, their gear. And um, at some point uh, on the way in, the mule, which was carrying this dude Aaron's gear, kind of started bucking and went a little crazy. So a lot of his gear was actually lost. It fell off the mule and whatever. Just an interesting <laughs> side note. They continue on. They end up um, at a certain um, 
I, 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 on the map, you can, you can see it. They, they, they're, they're at a certain point and they are meant to uh, hike north and eventually um, the trail would go northwest, so to the left, so that they can then eventually get to a, I think it's a camp that they're trying to get to. Well, um, somehow I, they, they're, they're separated. It's always the case, <laughs> obviously. And this dude, Aaron, he gets to the point where he should go northwest, where he should go left, where the trail should go left in order to go to the camp that they're supposed to meet at. And this is where everything goes wrong, because he apparently had a GPS on him. Um, the last ping of the GPS, however, shows him instead of going, you know, in the direction he should have, he went northeast. He went to the right. And uh, a couple miles off the trail to the right, his GPS pinged. So they know that he went in that direction, in the wrong direction, mm. basically. Mm -hmm. um, once they finally realize that this dude is kind of missing and search crews go out, um, they, they go out in mass, in force. They got people on the ground. They got people coming from one county who are who are searching which is from the west side then there's another county that's kind of coming up from the east side so they're kind of sandwiching in the whole area and they got helicopters in the air hmm. no sign of this dude remember the gps pinged once and that's it um no sign of this dude um some i think Eventually, they, they, they have to call off the search. And uh, one of the helicopters that was flying over an area, um, uh, he, he, they were showing that there was a particular area that was searched by the ground crews where there was nothing found. Cut to sometime in the future, um, some people come across a pair of boots and the boots are just placed side to side they're not thrown around they're not you know they're just placed side to side like you just took off your boots mm -hmm. and placed them down in an area that as i told you the chopper had the chopper had already flown over and ground crews had already searched but now this is some months later apparently these boots are found there and um i think uh like uh i don't know they may have found one other thing they so they now realize okay he's he's this is now further east he's he's way he's past where the GPS pinged so they know he must have kept going in that direction and where he is at this point where he should be he should be able to see a river the river is running um, down and this dude being an experienced hunter and having been in these crazy mountains before if he were lost that river should have been a key to him that he was going the wrong way because he knows. Mm -hmm that he should be going the opposite way that the river is running. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, if you keep going east, which they did, they end up finding on a rock a thermos sitting on the rock. A thermos... On the other side of the river? Like no, 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 he didn't cross the river. But you could see the river, the river, but he's still on the, on the, on the, you know, on on the one side of the okay. river. The whole point of the river was just to point out that he should have known that he was going in the wrong direction at this point. Yeah, I get you. Um, so a thermos is found with a with the cup, you know, the lid of the thermos off, you know, be how you use it as a cup, just sitting on a rock. 
So they're like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, this is, first of all, none of this stuff was seen before. Um, but it's weird that this thing, this is just sitting here. Okay, so they keep going. So creepy, dude. Yeah, now, now cut to, I think it's two years, dude, later. There's uh, some like family that lives down. They have like some ranch or some property and they have a fence line. You know how it is out in the West, dude. They have like these huge properties. So their mm -hmm. fence line is freaking far away. But they go out and they um, check the fence every spring because uh, that's part of the job, the, the job, you know, to make sure it's all um, in good condition. Mm -hmm. Someone who's walking along that fence line notices a backpack leaned up against a tree. A backpack and um, and I think it was I think it was a dude's bow I think was also there and and a couple arrows and stuff leaned up against the tree a quick question cynic how in as far as the timeline goes when did they find this backpack so about nine months after the dude disappeared on my birthday actually uh, in 2015 uh, nine months after it disappeared some dude came across his belongings. Now, inside that backpack was like some like snacks, like candy bars and I don't know what. Um, his bow was there. He had you know, socks, sweatpants, his gear. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the, what makes this even creepier is that from the point where his backpack was found... You can see the property and the buildings of the family that I told you lives, you know, down below. The one who owned that fence line. So if he was lost again, he could have he made his way to down to those people's homes. He didn't. So fast forward now two full years since he disappeared. So now we're in 2016. And they find his remains. What? They find uh, his um, his skull freaking up against some old uh, dying tree or something. And so ends the story of Aaron Hedges. Makes no damn sense whatsoever. But that's exactly what happened. This dude was missing two years. Could they tell how long he was dead for? Mm. That would say a lot because if if we see that the skull is decayed and we know you know it's been he's been gone for a certain amount of time, mm. then we can rule out him being alive when he was next to that fence line. Somebody else either killed him or something else moved it. If we can tell that you know he hasn't been dead that long, then maybe he was out there just saying "fuck it, I'm gonna be mountain man." You know what <laughs> I mean? And I'm just gonna stay out here and just do me. I mean, I, those are the questions that come to mind. It's weird, man. It's weird. Yeah, and I like I like how we're splitting this episode up because when I think missing persons, I always think, you know, kind of abduction. Mm. But then when you hear shit like this, you're like, man, did this guy, like you said, did this guy want to just kind of walk away from his life? Because I don't know, that's the only thing that can make sense to me. Yeah, um, that he just didn't want to go back. You know what I mean? But it's either that or something took him. It's a weird way to go, man. Because and I mean, you have gear, you have food, you have. That's the other thing. If his his boots were found, like I told you, and where his boots were found compared to where his backpack and later his remains were found, there's miles between there. So what the hell was he doing? Hiking barefoot or, or in his socks? Come on, bro. So I don't know. Maybe people <laughs> maybe people when they're out there they 
in their disorientation, they just freaking something snaps and they just lose it. I don't know, man. Bizarre. Um, yeah, bro. Bizarre to say the least, man. I Those things like that, they're kind of frustrating for me because I want to put the pieces together. <laughs> I want to figure it out. Was there food in the backpack? You know what I mean? There was. Like, there were, were the, snacks. Were those, <laughs> they were, you know, were their socks clean or were they dirty? I got fucking questions, man. <laughs> I got questions. I wanna, I wanna help. I wanna help out. But yeah, it's it's super weird, man. Super weird. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm gonna go glamping this year, man. With all these fucking stories. Glamping? You never heard of glamping? No. What is that? <laughs> it's camping with the pinky up. Oh, so basically, you know, camping, you know, camping is very rough and rugged. You're out there, just you in a tent. You're fucking shitting and peeing in a hole. You know what I mean? Like you're not showering for days. Glamping is is like the setup where you have power. <laughs> so you can have a fan if you want. You have a uh, you know, and obviously with power now you can hook different things up. Um, as far as coffee makers and stuff, now you're having coffee out there. You have a shower as well, you know, so you can shower. Is that an American thing? Um, yeah, I, I think I saw a post, like a promotion for somewhere like in Costa Rica or something. So I know it's in the U.S. and maybe Central Central America and stuff. But yeah, man, glamping is the new thing. It's kind of camping without the stinkiness of it, you know. But then you have your, your rednecks are like, oh, that's for pussies. You want to come back, you want to smell like balls and deer penis. That's That lets you know you really did some work. Yeah. So that's why I bring up the whole glamping thing. But uh, yeah, I don't even know if I want to do that anymore, man. Well. Fucking find my backpack next to a tree and then my boots two miles down the line and then my skull 2,000 feet up on a ravine. Mm, I suspect that, yeah. that while glamping, the worst will happen is you won't have cell reception. <laughs> I can't get on Instagram. What do you mean? <laughs> glamping sucks. <laughs> I think Cynic naturally... Um, this is going to bring us to human trafficking. You know, I want to touch base on that a bit, man. Yeah, you had some cool... Well, not cool, but you had some stuff yeah, to man. share. Definitely some things. Now, I want to start with human trafficking and the... And, you know, that obviously our, our... Not our fun fact, but our fact this episode was about that. And we know how much money people are making in that side of things. Or It's sickening. But there's videos online where you see that there's these random men that try to pull kids away from their mothers i don't know if you've ever seen those no like they'll try to abduct in broad daylight that's how that's how like bufiao these people are i don't know how to say bufiao in, in english but that's how like, yeah i guess the balls are so big right and they're it's just yeah. they don't give a fuck bold, you know yeah. i guess either yeah they're bold they're making their money or or they're just that desperate or it's just that big of a thing that in broad daylight cynic there's videos of men trying to pull kids away from mother's hands and thankfully, the videos that I've seen, they, they're always unsuccessful. But I'm pretty sure that there's instances out there where they are successful. But it's it's a huge problem, man. It's a huge problem, not only in the States, but in the world. I have some some facts here for my neck of the woods. And it says that, for, for those of you that don't know, I live in South Florida, in the Miami-Dade County, Broward area. And it states that Florida is ranked third nationwide in human trafficking cases. Miami-Dade County is the biggest trafficking hub in the state, according to a report by Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office, which estimates that an average sex trafficking victim may be forced to have sex 20 times a day, seven days a week. Hmm. This is horrible, man. This is horrible. The first state is California, 
So um, if we were to rank it, it would be California, Texas, and then Florida. Yeah, man. The, just the fact that people are still being sold, like I said earlier, is a scary thing. Um, I think if they're taken for this cause, I mean, them being taken, no matter what fucking sucks. But if they're forced to do this, I think this is the most revolting thing, you know. Uh, I'd rather you have you force somebody to work than you force them to have sex with somebody 20 times a day, seven days a week. You know, and what they do to a lot of these victims as well is that they get them addicted to drugs. You know, so they get them addicted to heroin. Um, so what they'll do is that in order, once they get them addicted to the drug, in order to give them more, they would have to have sex. So now they have them chasing that rabbit of that high, right? Because now they're just in this, they're lost in this world of addiction. And they're, they don't even care anymore about the sex. They just want the drug. So once they got them hooked to it, these people are evil, bro. Once they get them hooked to it, they'll go ahead and they'll start saying, all right, well, if you want more, we'll give you all you want. This is what you just have to do for it. And then the addiction is so bad. We've seen it. We've seen prostitution. I mean, that there's certain people that will go in those other bodies for a hit of crack or, or heroin or whatever their, their vices, mm. you know, that, that happens here willingly. So it's, it's, it's horrible, man. And, and this, this next stat really, really fucking turned my stomach. And it says the Super Bowl. Recent reports and dozens of, of news articles nationwide strongly point to the Super Bowl as the most prominent national event where sex trafficking flourishes, with estimates as many as a 10,000 victims flooding to host cities. So for those of you that, that don't know, the Super Bowl is always held in a different city every year. It's a neutral site. Last year, it was in Miami. Um, this year, I forget where it is, but you guys get the point. Every year, it's it's different, it, assuming that we have it with this whole COVID crisis. And I heard, I, I read a couple things, being that it was in Miami last year, I, I read a, a couple things about human trafficking and um, us kind of being more aware. But to think about the business that that's bringing in, and if you think about it, it's, it's people just want to party. Mm -hmm. So just like you would go and say, hey, look, I want to go have a good time tonight. I'm going to go buy a bottle of champagne. There's certain people that say, you know what? I want to have a good time tonight. I'm going to go buy a person. Let that sink in. You know, we spoke about earlier if if we could ever really eradicate something like this, because there's so much people in the world. Right. And there's there's just so much so much out there that I don't know if we can ever really get a handle on this. You know, mm. I think that unfortunately bringing awareness to it would definitely make it harder for them. But I still believe that if you have enough money. You're, this is this is always going to be an option for you. I don't know if ever eradicating it fully is ever going to, you know, and I hope I'm wrong on that, but it's just, we know we know that money's power, man. You know, we know how that works. And I mean, there's this, uh, I saw this video the other day. I don't know if it was Rhino Tusk. It was, or Elephant Tusk, but it was something that it's, that it's illegal, right? Mm -hmm. And... I found out that the people that have it don't have it because they, I don't know if they ingest it or it gets them high or whatever they do, but they don't really have it because they want to use it to, to feel some type of effect from it, but they want to have it because it's so scarce because it's so hard to get. Yeah. So if you come over one day, right, instead of asking you if you want a, a you know, a glass of whiskey or scotch, I say, Hey, you want to do some, some rhino tusk because it's so exclusive. It's so black market. You can't get it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's very similar to, to what's going on with, with human trafficking. I think when it gets to a certain threshold as far as dollars are concerned, which is why it's, I forget how much we said, but what, $150 billion we said a year, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's why there's so much money there, because it's people like Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump 
and people that are that one percent that have these sick, you know, I don't know, I want to call them fantasies or interests, but they have these sick things that that they want to feed, and they have the money to to allow allow themselves to do that. Um, so along with with um with obviously the sex portion of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, we spoke about it, you know, it's child labor. And, and another thing is, is, um, the black, you know, organ, uh, the black market for, for organs. And that's a whole nother, you know, sad, creepy thing that we'll get into, um, in, in a bit. But, um, how, how do you feel about that, man? How do you feel about what I just, the bomb I just dropped on you? You know, I think that it's a, I was thinking about both kind of directions, you know, top down and sort of bottom up. I think from the bottom up, you have um, a lot of people who are just regular Joe Schmoes who go to some place, whether it be the Super Bowl or whether it be somewhere in Vegas or it's just, you know, somewhere in their own hometown where they'll go visit a, you know, a prostitute, mm-hmm. um, not really thinking that this person could actually be there against their will. You know, that they may actually be a slave. Um, they go, they spend their, their their few bucks, you know, do their business, go home. And, and it just never occurs to them that that could be the situation that that person is in. And then you have from the top down, you have people who have so much money, they don't know what to do with their lives, that even something like, going to just get a prostitute isn't even enough for them so they need to go further you know and you know get into extreme things which they will happily pay for again from this same source of people who are abducted or you know kidnapped for whatever whether it's to be you know the prostitute on the street who's working you know to for lack of a better term, service Joe Schmo or the one who gets sent to this exclusive house or exclusive island for the richies to do whatever the hell they want with them. It's a problem that exists all the way around, 360 degrees. It does, and you know, you think about how they end up there. It's not always them being gagged and thrown into a trunk. No. These people are professionals, you know, they prey on kids that maybe come from broken homes, right? Or like we said, kids that have uh, uh, an abusive parents, right? That want to look for kind, kind of an escape. So they give them this false sense of security. Well, look, I'll take care of you, right? You're, you're safe with me. And next thing they know, they're knee deep in it. Um, I watched that, that Jeffrey Epstein uh, documentary on Netflix. And the way he did it was that he would get... He would go, he would get these girls, right? And he would ask these girls to come over and give him a massage for $200. Hmm. And while they're giving them a massage, he'll make a pass at them, right? A lot of these girls are vulnerable and they don't know, right? So depending how that went is how it went. If for any reason they declined, he would say, okay, I understand. It's okay. Here's what I want you to do for me. I want you to bring me your friends though. If you don't want to do it, it's fine. Just bring me your friends. See see if they would want to make, you know, 200 bucks to give me a massage. Now, this person that just turned down Jeffrey Epstein because she felt so uncomfortable now becomes a recruiter for him. So the way he did it was very subtle, very serpent-like. He wasn't literally kidnapping people, mm-hmm. but he would take these girls, you know, for one, if any girl 
that's any from the age of 13 or 18 to 13 or 20, let's say. If any girl's going to your house to give you a massage, you know that she doesn't have regular parents. You know that something's going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it could very well be, it could very well be, you know, that maybe she does come from a good home and she's just being a teenager. But, you know, in, in most cases, a child that has a good support system at home won't be in that situation. Right. You know, because now you're boca del lobo, you know, in the mouth of the wolf. You know, now, now you're too close and it's going to be hard for you to get out of there. But for the girls that do come and give him a quote-unquote massage and then that escalates, they'll start having relations with him and then he'll start potting them off to his friends. Oh, really? That's what he was doing? Yes, that's what he would do. So after he would have them, he would give them to his rich friends. There was actually something that just came out today, uh, not today, but um, I would say a few weeks ago, that there was um, actually allegations of him and Donald Trump because him and Donald Trump are friends. Him and Donald Trump um, had a a case against themselves for allegedly raping a 13-year-old little girl. Hmm. There's this little thing called Epstein's Black Book, which I'll send to you. And in Epstein's Black Book, you have to weed through it because there's a lot of names there that you don't know. But if you just, like, even if you search it on Google, they'll, they'll, they'll show it to you. If you put celebrities in Epstein's Black Book, you'll be surprised at the, at, at the names in there. Now, it would be unfair to say that every celebrity in there was dealing with you know, that type of, yeah, <laughs> that, that type that of situation, maybe, that. yeah, maybe some of them were just friends, but you know how it is, man. Like show me your friends and you show, and I'll show you who you are. You know, if me and you are good friends and we talk, I know eventually that's going to come up. And if I find out, brother, you're fucking 13 year old little girls, I'm not fucking with you no more. So we're no longer friends. You know what I mean? So if you stayed, if you, if you continue that relationship, I'm sure you knew what was going on. And I'm sure in that circle, there's rumors because if we caught wind of it now, but when you're when you're when you're at that scale, you're when you're you know when you're when you have that type of money, you know there's there's conversations that they have that things are known in between them that that we we don't know yet. You know what I mean? I'm sure they knew what was going on. I'm sure they knew the type of a dude that that Epstein was. So if you're still affiliating yourself with this character, I have to naturally paint you as as somebody who's guilty because I know for me as somebody in that situation, you know. If not only am, if if I'm not cutting ties with you, careful I don't report your ass. You know what I mean? Like I might even go to that extent. Did any of those girls? Um, is it known if any of the girls that had something to deal with do with him went missing, or is that any in any way discussed in the documentary? No, I don't think it was a case of missing. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's so many that I'm sure some have, unfortunately. But that wasn't what it was. It was more the trafficking right. side. Right. Okay. Okay. It was more them, you know, being kind of used for for sex, and being exploited and being passed around, you know, from billionaire to billionaire. Um, and now this person is the leader of the free world, guys. <laughs> he, Donald Trump. Yeah, he's he's our president. They say it's not fair to to go ahead and accuse somebody without giving them their fair day in court. Innocent until proven guilty. I don't. Murder. I don't think in this case, bro, that that applies, man. That's a little bit, a little more information on, on what the fuck is going on in the world that we're living in, and it's gotten to a point, man, that they'll they'll try to do it in broad daylight. They don't give a fuck. Wow, it's really sad. Yeah, man, really sad. So another, another, you know, big key reason of people being abducted is organ trade, and when these rich ass motherfuckers need a new liver, they buy a liver. You can, I, I think for one point in, at one point in time, there was actually, it was so open that it was even on Craigslist. Like people selling their own organs or? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. People, these are people willingly do it. Yeah. You know? These aren't people being um, abducted. But think about it, man. You got this Joe Schmo here that's, let's say he's been a drinker all his life. Or, or maybe he was just born with a weak liver. Not, not fair to say he was an alcoholic. Um, but now he needs a new liver. And they're going to abduct you and they're going to take your liver out. And they're going to sell it to him. Just like in, uh, in that movie Hostel. I think that was uh, wasn't that uh, the basis of that, or was was it just torture hostile? I never watched hostile. Oh god, my god! Purposefully, I never watched hostile. I know because they have a lot of hostels in Europe, and I remember you telling me, "Oh yeah, you can stay at a hostel, this and that." I'm like, "Bro, have you ever seen the fucking movie?" And you're like, "Dude, not all the hostels are like that." <laughs> you would tell me, but you never watched the movie. No, because I knew what it was about. Bruh, that is that is some creepy, creepy stuff. But so they have hostels like in the city here. I mean. Yeah, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure. But as an American, I mean, you're more, even though you're, you know, you were born in America, but you speak, at this point, you speak fluid German, you know what I mean? So I think you're more German than you're American. You're trying to say I'm more European? I, I'm just saying, if I go out there, I'm top dollar, bro. They're trying to get me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, man, Oregon trade is is a, is another horrible thing. It's known, the, it's known as the red market, you know, obviously because of, what it is, and it's, it's a trading of human organs, tissue, or any other products, usually transplant. And it also says here, as of January 2020, there are more than 112,000 candidates waiting for organ transplants in the United States. So what this does is that this just speeds up. You know, there's a transplant list, right? And then there's the extreme. Well, I'm going to take your shit, you know, and I don't care if <laughs> if you want it or if you willingly want to sell it or if you've passed mm-hmm. or not. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go ahead and I'm going to take your shit and I'll throw you... Uh, somewhere where they don't find you, Damn. Um, and, and that's another another scary thing, man. That that's all encompassed and tied into this human trafficking and missing people. You know, sometimes it's weird shit in the forest. Sometimes it's <laughs> a kid running away from home. Sometimes it's you getting stuck in a in a trunk and having your liver taken out because somebody else wants it. That's crazy, though. It's like you know how how does that even work? Like even if they do that and they and they kidnap the someone type, and they right? take their who does the surgery? <laughs> oh come on! What do you mean, bro? You got doctors. a regular doctor? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm thinking it depends where you are, right? If you get kidnapped in Nicaragua, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I don't know if you'll even survive the surgery. But I'm talking about if you're getting kidnapped in Europe or in the states, yeah, bro, you got you got people. I don't know how far medical school they went, but I'm sure you got people that that know enough, bro. That <laughs> they know. No, I mean, you know. I mean, like getting it out. No, I mean. Actually, putting it in the person who's paying for it. Oh, I, I would assume, you know? I would assume the same person taking it out, because if you don't do things the right way, I'm sure those organs could. If you don't, you know, if you don't take them out the right way, if you don't store them the right way, then they're no good. Mm. I'm thinking the same person that takes it out is the one that puts it in. Hmm. Interesting. But to think that your life could just come down to that, it's uh, it's it's really scary, man. That was another thing I came across that I definitely wanted to bring to the people, and uh, just give them kind of the different faces of this missing person human trafficking world that we're talking about jesus bananas because we don't have enough to worry exactly. about exactly <laughs> we don't have enough to worry about we got cancer fucking you know at an all-time high we don't know if it's the food that we're eating we don't know if it's you know something in the air we don't know if it's trump now nah, i'm playing um <laughs> and now we got fucking we gotta worry about not being snatched out of the air or being sold for body parts so but I think I think these are still, uh, and and it sucks. That, uh, but I just I think it's still not quite. It doesn't happen to as many people as we think. You know what I mean? 
I don't know, bro. <laughs> I guess nah, he, it doesn't. Nah, nah. I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about that there's how much people that we say we're missing a year. I mean, enough that you have to really be worried when you go on your day to day that you might get snatched up because someone's gonna take your liver. I, I don't think it happens enough for that to be something to worry about in your day to day. I don't know. I mean, it's all relative, right? It's all relative. You know, I live, I live in the fucking suburbs of, of South Florida. I don't think I would have to worry about that here, but I love traveling. You know, I love traveling. I love seeing the world. So who's to say that I'm not in Nicaragua or Costa Rica one year and I, I fall victim to that. I just think it's all relative, man. i you know, yeah, I have something here that says the global financial integrity estimates that 10% of all organ transplants include lungs, heart, liver, and are done via trafficked organs. However, most prominent organs that are traded are kidneys with the World Health Organization estimates that 10,000 kidneys are traded on the black market worldwide annually or more than one every hour. And when we say black market, that means that that's unwittingly. Yeah. So uh, in 1587, uh, Roanoke Colony was the first colony established in the Americas by the British. And in that colony, the first English or you know, English child was born you know, officially in the Americas. Her name was Virginia Dare. Her grandfather, his name was John White, and he um, left the colony to go get some more supplies for them. Um, I assume he went on a, an extended trip, like on a ship, to go actually get some more supplies. And when he came back, um, not only was the first English baby born in the Americas, gone. The entire colony was gone. There were no structures. There was no anything. It was as if the thing was wiped off the face of the earth. And um, none of them were ever seen again. And no one knows what happened to them or what happened to that colony. So that was actually a pretty interesting story that I came across of uh, the Roanoke colony and, and Virginia Dare, the baby. That, that is... That's pretty creepy. Another one that I find interesting, and you hear about, you hear about different stories about this this kind of event, you know, of a so-called ghost ship, you know. So in 1872, there was a British American ship called the Mary Celeste, and it was found uh, adrift in the Atlantic. It was apparently seaworthy. It had all of the cargo intact. Um, Everything seemed to be normal. The only thing missing was one lifeboat. But everything else was apparently in order. However, the crew was all gone. Uh, it was, it's not, yeah, it was never became clear why they either all jumped in a lifeboat and left or what the, what the hell happened. There was clearly, there was no clear reason or evidence on the ship for why they might have left. Mm-hmm. The ship, like I said, was seaworthy. It was just adrift, alone. So hence the ghost ship. Man, the sea is taking a lot of souls, man. That's one thing about the ocean, man. I love it. I love the sea, but she's just so powerful, so mysterious that you got to have a healthy respect for her. And I have a healthy respect for those people that make a living out on the ocean. Um, because that is another world, my man. And It and is. It's, there's people that are never found. Never found. <laughs> ever. <laughs> You know, it's like searching for a needle in a haystack at times. So, indeed, my my last story is actually touching exactly on that. People that are never found at sea. It's about these fishermen. Uh, apparently, they are uh, fishing slaves as well. 
never heard of that one, but in some place in in Indonesia called Benjina, um, there was an actual report done by AP um, of these men who are basically kept prisoners. Um, they're forced to to work as fishermen, and they they were brought to Indo- Indonesia through Thailand, and basically they're kept on the ship, and if some of them don't behave, they're kept like in an actual cage, you know, and they're only allowed to come out or, you know, in, in those cases. Otherwise, if they're out, then they have to, they have to fish, you know, and these guys are living in obviously, you know, terrible conditions. Their families don't know what the hell is happening with them or where they are. And they have no choice in the matter. And the, the, to make matters worse, you know, it's been shown that, some of the fish that these slaves are basically forced to catch ends up in the fish supply that gets distributed in places like Europe and in the U.S., you know. So, you know, we could inadvertently be eating fish that's literally being caught by slaves who are forced um, to fish, to catch those fish. And because these guys are, are slaves and prisoners, you know, it's not like there's a record of them, which means that these slave owners can literally do whatever they want to these people. And um, when I get to my actual quote of the week at the end, you'll find out, you know, what is happening to a lot of these guys um, who are out there freaking basically being forced to fish as slaves. If you think about it, man, there's a lot of people on this sphere that's spinning in the middle of space. And there's a lot of people that come from situations where poverty is something that plagues them. So you think if they, if they take somebody from a situation like that, and I'm sure when those people, you know, the fish slaves that you're talking about, they were sold another dream when they said, come on the boat with us. But when, once you're on the yeah. boat, you're here. I want to do what the fuck we want. You know what I mean? And if it's somebody that doesn't come from a lot, if it's somebody who's, you know, looking to make some money to send back to their family, it's not that nobody cares about them, but the people that do care about them don't even have the resources to make it a known thing. Mm-hmm. These are just like helpless yep. people, man. If for situations like that, I find it very hard to believe that they're going to take somebody from Middle America. You know, I think they're going to they're going to target who they target is very important, right? Just like the the sex slave thing or the human trafficking thing. You know, who they target, who they pry on. You know, these guys are professionals for a reason. So they take somebody like that. They promise them, you know, the opportunity to make some money once they get on the ship. You know, they, they change the story up and they have them living in these poor conditions. And now they're forced to fish and they're, I'm sure they're pissing and shitting in the same place that place they sleep in. And it's, I mean, I assume at least, you know, it's just horrible to hear, man. It's horrible to hear. It's, it just puts things in perspective that not everybody has the same opportunities that we do. Yeah. Even you being in Europe and me being in the States, but we're just, we're so far removed for something like that. But at the same time, it's at our doorstep should i like i told you i love traveling what if somebody one day you know say like, oh this guy <laughs> you know dark complexion i mean usually they can tell when you're from the states but what if they confuse me one day bro and i end up on a fucking fishing vessel and i just went for you know a trip to the congo or something i don't know i just wanted to see the world i wanted to explore and now my life has completely changed because i took an excursion with the wrong guy and it can happen that quick i, I say it like that because it can happen that fast mm-hmm. It's just very sad to hear, man. Like I, like I told 
told everybody at the beginning, this is not one of those episodes where we're laughing much because a lot of the information that we're sharing is is information that weighs heavy on the heart, you know? But I think it's important for us to talk about nonetheless. What this story made me think about was like, at what point do we have, like, what's our responsibility in that whole situation? Because these, this example of the fishermen is one example of people basically in the West taking advantage of uh, fish that's potentially caught by these slave ships. But we've heard stories of basically slave conditions in places like China, where they're making things like iPads and Nikes, iPhones, Jordans. So, you know, when I was when I came across this article, what it made me think of is there was a lot of talk, a lot of opinions and a lot of things getting thrown back and forth when the allies freed the, you know, came into Germany in World War Two and um, defeated the Nazis. And there was a lot of talk about the the German people, you know, and how how could they not have known and they must have known and they must have just turned a blind eye. Not the ones who were obviously in the not you know, Nazis in the military, but just the German people. You know? And no doubt some of them probably did know, no doubt some of them probably did turn a blind eye. But when I was reading this, I was thinking, you know, how much can we pretend that we don't really know? You know, and at what point are we complicit in this? You know, because in some ways it's not that different. You know, you hear about it in the news, you hear reports about it, and you hear it mentioned here and there. Um, but the majority of us still go out and without thinking about where most of this stuff comes from, you know, we buy this stuff and we consume mm-hmm. this stuff. And, um, yeah, it just makes you, makes you think. Yeah, it's very true, man. I'm somebody who, I love Air Maxes. My Air Maxes cost me about $180 a pair. They cost maybe about $6 to make, and I know that every time I buy a pair of Air Maxes, I'm contributing to the issue. Maybe we have to start being more aware of the type, you know, how, we, we have to make a decision, like how, how, much, how much do we care about change? Because I can care about it in an aspect where it's like, I can hear a story, I can feel bad for these kids, I can want... I could want them to get out that situation. I could donate to a bogus charity that the money's never going to get to them, but you know, I'll feel better about myself, so I'll donate to the charity. But what else am I doing to make sure that I'm not contributing to to those type of things? For things like like iPhones, right? And and Nike, these things, these guys are monsters. You know, I just don't know if my pebble is going to have a big a big enough effect, but it has to come to a point where that doesn't matter to me anymore. Mm. I have to be okay with it potentially not ever changing, but knowing that at the very least, I'm not going to support it. And I think that's mm-hmm. a place that we all need to get to. You know, like, for example, with um, with animals being slaughtered for meat, right? It's when people when people become vegan or become pescatarian, I don't, you know, I obviously I know they, they think about the animals, but I think that they're ready ultimately for to, to just not support that. Even if that never changes, they just don't want to be contributing to that. And I think mm-hmm. that's some place that we all have to get comfortable with. If it matters that much to us, we have to be ready for it to potentially not change, but to at least do our part when it's all said and done and hope that one day it will. Um, I have some some info for the, for the listeners. I want to leave everybody with the human trafficking hotline. If you see something, say something, right? We, we've heard that before. 
Um, I've talked about instances where people try to take children from their um, from their mothers right in broad daylight. It's been captured on video cameras and stuff. So if you see something fishy, if you come across maybe an individual um, who's with somebody that she seems like she's kind of afraid of him or something just doesn't sound right, you know, just make the call, report it. You never know. Um, if you want to report it um, for the National Human Trafficking Hotline, that's 1-888-373-7888. Um, again, that's the National Human Trafficking Hotline. You can call them at 1-888-373-7888. Um, and if we're looking, you know, if there's some information that we have about somebody missing, maybe it was somebody in the forest, <laughs> like we spoke about earlier, maybe it's somebody who just didn't come home. Uh, that number is 800-THE-LOST, and um, that's 1-800-843-5678. Again, this is for, for missing uh, missing persons, uh, missing persons, missing children, exploited children. It would be 1-800-843-5678. So jot those numbers down, guys. Save them in your cell phones. Have them at hand. And let's just make sure that we, we start doing our part, man, little by little. A lot of the times it's, it's not in our backyard, so it's out of sight, out of mind, but we have to start worrying about these things. We have to because... This is our world, and this is the world that we're going to leave for our children. And if we only worry about the things that are right in our face, we're never going to make a better world for them. A lot of the stuff that we're doing has to be selfless, guys. We, we may not see the change in our lifetime, but we just got to hope that with small decisions like the ones that we, that we start making, um, that sooner or later, you know, hopefully sooner than later, we can start seeing some of those changes. Well said. Thank you for that. I hope everyone jots those numbers down, and I hope they never have to use them. Touche, man. Touche. So that's pretty much a wrap. I'll end with the quote of the day. Uh, if you remember the story I just shared with everyone regarding the slave fishermen. This is a quote from a gentleman named Leng Min. He is a runaway slave from the Benjina, the place that I mentioned. And he says, if Americans and Europeans are eating the, this fish, they should remember us. There must be a mountain of bones under the sea. The bones of the people could be an island. It's that many. That's a good one, man. And it's scary when you think about it. When you get that mahi-mahi, you know, you got blood on your hands. I never thought about that. I never thought me ordering a piece of mahi-mahi, which I love, by the way, you know, that it could be tainted in such a manner. Mm. I never. I, I always thought of it as a wholesome, like, people out there. If anything... If anything wrong has come out of this mahi mahi on my plate is maybe somebody overfished or maybe somebody, you know, because I know there's certain sizes, certain weights, certain seasons, you know, maybe they did something like that. But never did I ever think that somebody was being held against their will to fish. You know, it's, wow. it's crazy, man. It's crazy. To, I know I've said that a lot this episode, but it's just how I feel. Maybe we, in, in, in parentheses, we have it's crazy because <laughs> the shit that, you, that, that we've talked about and the numbers that we've talked about. And uh, I mean, I never even thought about fish late until you brought it up you know and i know a lot of people are going to have that same sentiments all right thanks again as always for joining us rapperoni that is a wrap and we look forward to uh having you guys tuning in again next week yes sir thanks for hanging tight thanks for joining us and as always take care of yourselves and each other people take care we're out of here have a good one guys choose peace
let's just make sure that we we start doing our part man little by little a lot of the times it's, it's not in our backyard so it's out of sight out of mind but we have to start worrying about these things we have to because this is our world and this is the world that we're going to leave for our children and if we only worry about the things that are right in our face we're never going to make a better world for them a lot of the stuff that we're doing it has to be selfless guys we, we may not see the change in our lifetime but we just got to hope that with small decisions like the ones that we, that we start making um that sooner or later you know hopefully sooner than later we could start seeing some of those changes. Well said. Thank you for that.